Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. This week, we are talking about how you can stop binge eating essentially. And I'm sharing with you my process and some of the key strategies that I've used as a uh, ex-binge eater, ex-dieter, whatever you want to call it, that I've used and things that I talk about with my clients that really help people to just stop binge eating for good. And for for just there to be more ease around your relationship with food, less drama, less need for self-control, no need for self-discipline, and I'm going to share how that happens in this episode, um, which is going to be juicy, I can promise. Otherwise, I hope you are doing well. This will be my, um, I'm going to be taking a little break from the podcast over Christmas holidays. So I'll be back. This is the last one episode for December. And then in January, I will be back with some awesome episodes for you. So I hope you have an amazing Christmas. Take some time off. Um, have some fun. Do some laughing as much as you possibly can. Think about people around you. Do some nice, fun acts of kindness. Those are always fun to do. And really look after yourself. Get some rest. Be imperfect. Don't try and be everything to everyone and have some fun. I am going to be having a jolly old time with some family. We're going to be having a Mexican Christmas dinner, which I'm very excited about. I love Mexican food. My job is going to be making some refried beans and chili and probably I'm just going to make ton the world's largest bowl of guacamole because, I mean, that's the main reason we like Mexican, isn't it? Guacamole. And I do love a margarita, but, you know, I'm pregnant with twins. I'm about to pop, so there's going to be no margaritas for me. <laughs> I'll save mine until these twins are born. Otherwise, uh, as of you hearing this, I'm probably like 20... 30 weeks, 2030, I think maybe 29, 30 weeks with the twins. Um, so I'm in that final stretch, final trimester, and I am feeling it. I'm actually recording this from lying in bed because my desk, sitting at my desk is so uncomfortable and I'm lying on one of these really spiky bed of nail mats. Um, it was either that or sitting in a cold bath. So I'm doing a lot of cold baths and a lot of spiky mat time. It's been helping with just the stretching and the achiness that comes with twins but they are doing well I'm doing well I've got a couple of weeks left of official work before I'll go on maternity leave wrapping some stuff up with clients um I'm so proud of my clients this year I'm so proud of myself this year actually I'm just gonna put that out there I'll talk more about that in some episodes in January but I'm so proud of myself this year I really am and also really proud of my clients as well they're seeing some phenomenal stuff being so brave and just seeing some great changes in their gut and committing to themselves and investing in themselves. It's such a privilege to be a part of it. I am I'm fully booked with clients now until maternity leave. Um, and even if I wasn't going on maternity leave, I was would be fully booked for a while. Um, so there is a wait list. If you go to keziahall.com forward slash wait list, you can get on the wait list for my one-to-one practice to get first access when I'm back. It's probably gonna be in the spring of 2021. So if you are interested in working with me in 2021, 
do get yourself on the wait list as soon as possible and I can send you some information so you can have a think and a plan like plan it into your year next year if that's something you want to do so do let me know I will um don't actually I don't imagine I'm going to have loads of room for new clients because I'll probably pick up with a lot of previous clients if that makes sense when I get back and when I start in spring and after maternity leave so um be first come first serve so do just get on that wait list otherwise I put my Christmas tree up the presents are wrapped I think I've watched every festive movie in Netflix um and I am counting down the days not until Christmas I bet you thought I was gonna say till Christmas I'm just counting down the days until I'm not pregnant <laughs> guys <laughs> I just I know some people love being pregnant and I'm so glad if you're one of them I am not one of them I get sick and sore and nauseous and <laughs> but guys I'm on the fa- I've got like hopefully maybe only like another five or six weeks left so I'm on the home stretch so that's doing me good that's fueling me through these <laughs> through these um these times as my twins have like a rave in my stomach it seems most days but yeah there's my life <laughs> That's my life update. Otherwise, have an amazing Christmas. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do really just a value that you would give me your most precious resource that is your time. And I'm so excited that you would want to invest and commit to your health. And that's what this podcast is for, a weekly free resource to really help you make change in your life and your health and how you feel. That is my goal. I want it to be free, educational. So thank you for being here. Do share it whenever you listen, screen share it, share it with friends, share episodes with people that really helps me to reach and help as many people as I can. Otherwise, have a lot of fun over the holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas or not. And I will be back in January. Bye. This is an area that I get asked about a lot and comes up in my online nutritious practice nutritious <laughs> nutrition practice a lot as well and it's the idea of binge eating now I'm recording this in December so this is kind of like the prime time of year when binge eating is most acceptable because people kind of think Christmas holidays new year is the time to binge eat and binge drink um, but it's also a time that can be most triggering because this year can be, this time of year can be so emotional because of family and stress and presents and cooking for 20 people and all of those kinds of things. Plus I'm recording this in 2020. So um, <laughs> this year's Christmas is probably coming off the back of an already stressful year. So basically what I'm trying to say is we are in prime position to kind of eat through our feelings. Now, you might have been doing this all year round, but I thought I would record a podcast just about how we can avoid binge eating around the holidays, but this information applies all year round, and how if binge eating is um, a habit that you just keep on coming back to, and you don't know why, and you don't know, you're so frustrated with yourself, but you keep on doing it, and you know it's sabotaging your progress and your results, then I'm going to talk about some of the key points that play a role in um, in this behavior. Because when we're talking about binge eating, binge eating is the behavior. It's an action. It's a habit that we get ourselves into. And if we want to change 
that outcome, if we want to change that habit, we actually need to look at why we're doing it and what need that habit is meeting. Like, because this is often what people do. Clients will come to me and then they'll secretly be like, oh, I do really well and I don't eat sugar. And then I just have like a weaker bender of sugar and alcohol and gin and ice cream and all the things. And then I pull myself together and then I, I'm really quote unquote good again and go back. But really often what I see happening and what I talk to my clients a lot about is that you binging on sugar, for example, or binging on anything often is you meeting an important need within yourself. And that actually isn't something you need to judge or criticize or beat yourself up for. It's really helpful to just be curious and find out what is that need? What what that sugar binge that I had or that alk that drinking binge I had? What was I needing? Was I really needing to let loose and have fun? Was I really needing to relax and let go and just feel like I was on a different planet for a while? Was I really just needing something exciting and different? Was I bored? What need was that meeting? And then if you can approach this without the the heavy criticism and harshness and meanness and bullying and punishment mentality, actually you can get some really interesting information. Because if you've been stuck in this habit of binge eating, which I would also call, just call another that's often the outcome of just general emotional eating. So you kind of eat through your emotions. You Eating is a way, your primary way of dealing with emotions. Then you first got to like accept that that is a habit you have. That's an action you do. That's a behavior that you have. And you first need to be kind to yourself. Realize you're not an idiot. Like you're not, you're, you're a smart, intelligent capable woman or man listening to this and you binge eating is not because you're an utter failure there is a strong element of that a good percentage of your this behavior of binge eating that is because your body needs something and you binge eating is meeting a really valid and important need so first of all my first point being, that's actually kind of my pre-point, but it's a point within itself. <laughs> but that leads into the second point, I suppose, that actually this behavior of binge eating, it's not about food at all. It's not, it's got nothing to do with food. Food is merely the vehicle for you meeting the need. And it can be drink as well. So maybe you don't binge eat, but you just can easily polish off a bottle of wine every night over the festive season and you really feel it. <laughs> in your liver on your waistline after a couple of days um maybe it's sugar maybe it's crisps maybe it's bread whatever the thing the actual food doesn't matter you can binge on quote-unquote healthy foods you could make a tray and i've done this you could make a tray of gluten-free dairy-free vegan sugar-free brownies and eat the whole tray just because they've got gluten-free and vegan labels does not mean that that is not binge eating. You can binge eat on vegan foods. You can binge eat on gluten-free foods. You can binge eat on Whole30 approved foods. You can binge eat on Haribo, anything, because it's not about the food. It's about you meeting an important need in your body. And it's often about emotions. It's about dealing with, numbing them out, 
doing something with (laughs) our emotions. And so it's really important that you grasp this because most of the time people bully themselves and beat themselves up about the food that they eat when they're binge eating. And they completely miss the point that if you are in the regular habit and have the behavior of someone as a binge eater, an emotional eater, you know that about yourself, it is nothing to do with food and everything to do with why you're doing it, what need you're trying to meet, and what are the emotions driving it. The actual food outcome is kind of inconsequential. So if you want to ditch this behavior of binge eating, because I used to be a complete binge eater. I grew up in a, um, I started my first diet age 11. It was Slimming World here in the UK, where you'd go to weekly meetings, you'd weigh yourself, you'd count um, sins in this case, you would clap for each other, you'd drink Diet Coke, you would measure, track, weigh out your 28 grams of porridge oats or whatever it was. And so often what comes with dieting culture is also binge eating because you have your good days and then you have your bad days and the bad days are the binge eating days and the naughty days and the all of that kind of thing. So dieting culture in itself perpetuates this binge eating behavior, I find, and is from my experience. So I, this was how I just grew up with a relationship with food and my family was, is more of a binge eating kind of family. We, we all just love food. I still love food. Um, that hasn't changed. Um, and so this has really been something I've had to work at. And it's probably not something I've been working at recently, to be honest, because it's now just a non-issue, but a good five, probably a bit longer than that, kind of good 10, eight to 10 years ago, this was something that I really needed to work on. And it was when I applied all of these different points that I talk about and really thought about it, that I was actually be able to change the behavior around food because I would binge eat, I would not eat lots in front of people because I was anxious or I would just assume if I really ate however much food I needed to be full, if that makes sense, in front of other people, then other people would assume, oh my goodness, that's why she's so fat, she just eats so much food. So I wouldn't eat that much in front of people, but then I would come home and secretly eat because that felt safer, because I didn't feel as judged. This is, I mean, this is all the drama that goes on. (laughs) people's heads around food and I'm pretty sure no one was caring what I ate um and no one was paying attention to how much I ate but I thought they were so this created a lot of anxiety and a lot of binging where I just feel more comfortable eating alone because I could eat whatever I wanted without the thought of people judging me and judging my body based on the food that was I was eating in front of me so anyway so When I actually started to realize, okay, beating myself up about this does nothing. What needs am I meeting? And why am I doing this? Why? Because the problem with binge eating is, I see this with clients all the time. They, it's a behavior they do, it's a habit they have. And um, they hate it about themselves. They hate the fact that they constantly binge eat. So they constantly beat themselves up, but it's a habit they can't break. So they don't want to binge eat, but they keep on doing it. And so they're in this constant tension of, I don't want to be doing this, but I keep on doing it. I don't want to be doing it, but I keep on doing it. And then therefore they just keep them, beat themselves up and feel like a total failure. It's a completely vicious and toxic circle. So you have to actually look at, okay, why am I doing it? And the first thing is just to think, okay, this is not about food or drink. It's just not, it's not about it. 
Like I said, you can binge on anything. So that's a really important thing. First, you want to stop. Feel free to pause this podcast and just go, okay, what need am I meeting when I binge? And am I making it about food instead of looking at the real issue, which is emotions? Or also self-worth as well, which we'll talk about. And that can be such a liberating thing. I know it sounds harder to deal with in a way, but it makes it, it's, I don't know, I think sometimes if you can frame it in what need am I meeting, you can give yourself a bit of grace. Because the more you beat yourself up about binge eating, the more you do it. That's just how it works, isn't it? So in order to stop binge eating, you have to stop beating yourself up about it. And a great way to stop beating yourself up instead of focusing all your energy on berating yourself and bullying yourself is channel that energy into being curious and thinking, okay, this whole bullying thing isn't working. So instead, let's put on my detective hat and get curious and ask a couple of questions. What need am I my meeting and why am I doing this? And what's really going on? Because it's not about the food. That's a great first step. The next thing that can be really, really helpful to look at and another layer to this and to the emotion part is most of the time when I'm chatting with clients and from also from my own experience, their um, a consistent habit of binge eating has a lot to do with self-punishment. So it's really a very much a kind of, kind of a self-abuse in a way because it's this habit you don't want to do, it doesn't do you any good, it kind of derails your progress, and often we think of self-harm in these more extreme fashions, so I'm not necessarily saying it's the same thing, but it's in that same sphere. People often use binge eating as a way to punish themselves kind of unconsciously or subconsciously because they don't think they're worthy of feeling good, they don't think they're worthy of hitting their goals, they don't think they're worthy of of feeling the way that they want to feel, that it's just easier if they feel rubbish and binge eating is a great bit of evidence to provide yourself that you're useless, if that makes sense. So it's, it keeps you in this habit of, oh, look, here's the evidence I have. I can't even do this one simple habit. I'm such a failure. So it can be a really a part of a really toxic kind of self-punishing, self-abuse narrative that can go on in our head. It's so not about food. <laughs> I was probably going to say that a lot in this episode. And so that's a really important, um, a really important aspect where it's worth knowing. And this is also where it can be really helpful. If you know this, if that really resonates with you, that's when it can be really helpful to get some more professional therapy and help around this issue because eating can become a real form of self-harm. And if it's a habit you just can't seem to break, there's probably some deeper issues of um, going on around that. And if you take this to the extreme, binge eating, purging, all of those kind of things, obviously we know this can um, become a real eating disorder. And that's when you do really need um, a good amount of professional therapy. I've worked with a lot of clients with a history of eating disorders and um, there is a lot of harm that can come from that kind of purging, binging cycle. So get professional help, um, have the courage to admit there's a problem and get <laughs> get the support you need. That's all I can really say on it because there's no amount of knowing about nutrition because I sometimes pick this up when I'm talking to potential clients 
and they love nutrition. There's a genuine interest, but I pick up there's a bit of disordered eating or a full on eating disorder going on. And I have to just be like, look, looking at the food right now isn't going to help you. You need to go work with someone who specializes in trauma therapy and eating disorders and get this sorted because it's not about the food. The food is just simply the vehicle. It's simply the tool that you're using to beat yourself up with and to harm yourself with. Okay. And I know that's I'm taking it more to the extreme end. So you might be like, oh, Kezi, I'm definitely not on that end. Um, but it's really worth help. It's really helpful. And I found clients find this helpful and it's a bit of a kick in the teeth to begin with, but it can really frame things in a enlightening fashion when you think, oh, binging is like a form of self-punishment or a form of self-abuse. Why am I punishing myself like that? Why am I abusing myself like that? Why am I doing that? Again, just getting curious, asking some more questions can be really, really helpful. It can be a hard swill to pill, hard pill to swallow. And it's that's why the brain wants to take you to, oh, it's about sugar, it's about gluten, and it's about the food, because it's easier to deal with food than it is to deal with the question and answer the question of, why am I in a cycle of punishing myself? That's a much harder question to answer than, oh, it's like, let's just focus on all the, I need to do a sugar detox, if that makes sense. Okay, so that's point number two. We've talked about what needing a meeting and not being about food, about self-punishment. The next things, and these next two points are more about actions that you can take to kind of help move through. But the, the I think it's the third point you want to ask yourself, or the third thing you want to think about is, what do you do regularly to digest your emotion? Now, this is something that I talk to clients a lot about. This is something I'm really aware of myself. It's something I'm constantly working on because I'm not that great at it. I have to be quite intentional still just because of my personality type. I'm quite a goal productivity oriented person. So digesting emotion just feels like inefficient to say the least. I'm just a bit like, right, okay, well, let's get some stuff done and then I might digest emotion later on. But this, and I use the term digesting emotion because on the show and just in what I do as a holistic nutritionist, I talk loads about digestion. Digestion of food is where you take something, you break it down, you get all the goodness out of it and then you excrete the stuff you don't need, essentially. And we need to learn how to do the same with our emotions. And this is something as a culture as growing up, we're just really bad at. And we somehow think that um, emotions just disappear, but they don't. You can get like emotionally constipated. You can get a backlog of emotions going on that can do you and your body and your cells a whole lot of harm. It's so important that we learn to, yes, digest our food and optimize our digestion physically, but also metaphorically, we have tools and strategies that help us to feel our feelings is another way of saying it. And as a culture, we are terrified of feeling our feelings. So we squish them down, we medicate them, we eat through them, we drink through them, we ignore them, we let them sit and ferment in our bodies for years. And the I think the reason is, and this is my, my own um, 
my own learnings about myself is the reason I was so unwilling to feel my feelings is that I was so scared they would just consume me forever that I would have a feeling of anxiety and if I really felt the fear I would feel that way for the rest of my life and that just simply isn't true we have to take time to sit and be and feel our feelings now you might be like if you're anything like me you're like okay, I get that idea, Kezi, but what the heck does that look like? And this is something I've literally had to teach myself in the last three years. Because that's, you know, people would say that. And I'm like, my therapist would say that. And I'm like, huh? And she she literally had to like teach me of, this is what it looks like to sit at, sit with your feelings, Kezi. And I was like, all right, you just have a feeling. So say um, you feel anxious and you just take a period of time to just let that emotion that feeling go through your body and express itself in your body however it needs to without you thinking about it, without you problem solving it, without you criticizing it. You allow this feeling, this emotion to just be felt. You might cry. I often find it really helpful to move my body, not not dancing. Dancing is too strong a word, but to move through an emotion to, to kind of meditation can be helpful as well and um, sometimes exercise when I was training for my half marathon often I'd get really emotional at certain points in my run where I just was processing an emotion like I was often when I was running up a hill and that obviously triggered off in my mind about difficult other things in my life and I uh, would just have, have to stop and a little cry <laughs> my run I do this with dancing it sometimes comes up with songs but just taking a bit of time to really feel an emotion and kind of go through it you might cry you might laugh it's not often you're gonna laugh if it's an uncomfortable emotion but to really feel your way through it so that you can take take the emotion you can process it and then you can kind of let it go so what does this look like? Again, this is something that a therapist is really helpful at guiding you through. Um, but there's other things, like I mentioned, exercise can be really helpful if you do it mindfully and are quite open and are you doing it from a place of not how many calories can I burn, but from a, okay, I'm going to go on this walk or this run or this swim or whatever to just really deal, I'm feeling anxious. So this walk is all about me just feeling through that anxiety. Um, journaling can be really helpful. Talking it through with someone can be helpful. I do something called the movement thing I was mentioning is called non-linear movement. You can Google that and find out more information. That's kind of more of a somatic practice, a bodywork practice that's really, really helpful. And um, sometimes things like massages can be helpful in terms of um, flowing through feelings. But really want you to think, how are you digesting your emotions when feelings come up, when feelings of anxiety, fear, stress come up? what are you doing with them or are they just coming up and then you're squishing them back down because if they if they're feeling an uncomfortable feeling and we often call them these negative emotions or negative feelings but really they're not negative at all we just find them uncomfortable to deal with and um, often when these things come up people squish them down and over time the more you squish these emotions down eventually they're going to erupt and that's when the binge eating happens so if you want to really avoid binging, you instead need to th really think about, um, okay, what am I doing to digest my emotions? Or am I emotionally constipated? <laughs> Have I got years worth of emotions stacked up in my system that are making me emotionally bloated? <laughs> and, and therefore, of course, you're going to binge eat. 
of course you're going to binge eat. It kind of makes total sense then, doesn't it? That you've got all these emotions, your body doesn't know what to do with it. It's totally stressed out. Oh my goodness, so much stuff. Okay, let's just have a big binge eating session. We'll numb it out. We'll get all the dopamine things flowing and ah, okay, we deal with it. So it's really important. How are you digesting your emotion? And another part of that, so kind of part five, is what are you doing every day to feel good? Because if binge eating is about emotion and about feeling and how you feel in your body, it's really important every day that you have practices and rituals and habits and little things that make you feel really good. And these can be tiny or they can be huge. They can be like a meditation practice. So I feel good when I meditate. I have an energy medicine practice that makes me feel good when I do it. But also having things like plants around the house makes me feel good. The house being tidy and clean makes me feel good. Having a nice breakfast makes me feel good. Wearing clothes that I feel nice in. Having a bit of makeup on, doing my hair, having taking time to get ready makes me feel good. So what are you doing every day to feel good? Because the more that you feel good, the more that you can strengthen um, this, this, um, this emotion part of you. And it's really, really important because if you are just allowing, because yes, we want to feel these emotions, these un- uncomfortable feelings, but we don't want them to take over our whole day. So you've got to kind of counterbalance that with the yin and the yang. And actually doing something every day that helps you to feel really good can be so powerful. This um, this is kind of another way of talking about self-care, but without the connotations of bubble baths and massages. And these can be really tiny things. Like I have artwork all across my house because when I look at artwork, there's something, a little spark in me that just goes, ah. I have certain affirmations um, and infographics like words up across the house that just remind me like I have one in the kitchen that just says every day is a gift and that when I read that I'm just like okay yeah every day is a gift that makes me feel good lighting a candle makes me feel good moving doing hip circles while I'm waiting for a cup of tea you know all of these things so what are you doing every day to feel good and I'd really encourage you women tend to be rubbish at prioritizing this because we tend to tolerate feeling crap we put everyone else first and then we are then somehow surprised when we create these more problematic coping mechanisms like binge eating we're then like oh my gosh I'm such a terrible person for binge eating and when actually if you do nothing to look after yourself throughout the day then it actually makes complete sense in a way so I'd love you to think about what makes you feel good every day is it Uh, scented candles? Is it um, journaling? Is it meditating? Is it just even doing a five minute yoga flow in the morning? Is it having a playlist of all your favorite songs? Is it wearing certain clothes or doing your hair in a certain way? Whatever it is, how can you focus on feeling good? Because binge eating, again, it's not about food. It's about how you're feeling, what's going on. It's about your emotions. So if we want to change this habit of binge eating, We need to change how you're feeling and we need to strengthen this muscle and increase the amount of inputs into your system that increase the good feeling, if that makes sense. We need more messages. We need more things in your life that help you to feel good, not less if we want to overcome binge eating. Okay, I hope that's been helpful. 
have a think. I've talked about five different things. I want you to think about, okay, what's one question? Because I've asked you lots of different questions in this episode. What one question are you going to delve into this week and journal about? I recommend writing the question at the top of a bit of paper and just journaling it out. You know, what need am I meeting? And what am I doing every day to feel good? How am I doing at digesting emotion? How do I feel about um, this idea of self-punishment when it comes to binge eating? And just write it out, move it out, sing it out, talk it out with a friend, but take action on one thing, okay? And then when it comes to binge eating and the actual habit of binge eating, the more that you lean into this stuff, the more that you realize um, you just it just becomes a non-issue. Like, I don't ever feel... I don't know. I just, binge eating just is a non-thing. And I see that with my clients. I've got a client at the moment, history of yo-yo dieting, losing weight, gaining weight, a lot of, um, a lot of mindset and emotional stuff going on there. And we've just been working on this along with her hormones and her digestion and running lots of labs. We've been working on this idea of binge eating and what is she doing to feel good? What is really going on with her emotions? How can she process her emotions? What can she do in the day to make herself feel good? How can she add in some more mindfulness? And actually the binge eating is slowly failing. She had um, a week or two recently where she felt like her eating was a little bit out of control, but she was like, I was eating more sugar, but it wasn't binge eating. Like I didn't just keep on eating and eating. And I also didn't feel bad about it. I kind of And she was just marveling at how much her relationship had shifted with food. She just wasn't beating herself up anymore. She was just eating more sugar and she knew she didn't want to and it wasn't making her feel good, like in her body. So she stopped. (laughs) And that's the thing. When you move through this, then your relationship with food changes and food and eating becomes about what makes you feel good. So for me now, binge eating is not a problem because I eat in order to feel good. So often people are like, oh my goodness, Kezia, you don't eat gluten. Do you not just miss bread all the time? And I'm like, no, bread does not make my body feel good. So why would I eat it? I'm not, there's no willpower involved. There's no discipline involved. There's no drama. There's no energy that I have to input into not eating gluten. I don't want to eat it because I don't feel good. It's as simple as that. Sugar over Christmas. I'll definitely eat more sugary things because it's, I love men's pies and Christmas pudding and chocolate and those kinds of things. And also as of recording this, I'm like in the third trimester of being pregnant with twins. <laughs> so I'm tighter than normal, but I actually don't binge eat on sugar over Christmas. Cause why? Because I doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good. I get lower mood. I feel groggy. My energy gets rubbish. And once you get used to feeling good, you actually don't, can't be bothered to do these silly habits like binge eating and over drinking and you don't want to do these self-punishing things because you like feeling good and that's what you're used to so it's a really backwards approach but it is the way to shift this behavior for good because otherwise people just create this whole drama around binge eating not binge eating I'm so good I'm so bad I'm on a diet I'm off a diet all of that crap whereas actually when you focus on feeling good, you realize it's not about food at all, then there's no, it, there's no, <laughs> I'm trying to get this, say this right, I was saying this to a client the other day, eating well and having a healthy lifestyle, because I mean, 
people can judge me and be like, oh my goodness, it's so easy for Kezia. She's so effort. She must have amazing willpower and self-discipline to do and eat the way she eats. No, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not superhuman, but I have sh- done this work and my primary aim with the food I eat is to feel good and to have fun. But the feeling good comes first. So 80% of the time, I'm going to eat food that makes me feel good. And then maybe only 20% of the time I'll eat something that, you know, I know is not actually going to make me feel good, but in the, like in the long run, but in the short term, it's worth it. And it actually becomes that simple. And when I think about all the drama I had around food in the past and how draining that was, it is so refreshing and liberating, guys, <laughs> to just have a really no drama, simple relationship with food. Now, my food boundaries, my food parameters are I'm going to eat food that makes me feel good. I'm not going to eat food that makes me feel crap. You could summarize my diet like that. <laughs> you know, that's that's it. And that's just, it can be that simple. I know some of you are like, oh my goodness, Kezia, you don't know my relationship with food. But I've tried this, I've tried every diet, I've lost and gained the same six six stone. Yep, I, I've been there. I get it. But it can be simple. It can be easy. It can be no drama. Okay? So if you have any questions about this, then head over to my Facebook group, which you can find if you just go onto Facebook and search Kezia Hall, you'll see it come up in the group section, or you can head over to Instagram. I've not been on Instagram as much recently, just because of being fully booked with clients and babies and everything, but I would love to hear from you either way, okay? Have an amazing week, and um, I'll be taking a break from the podcast over the holidays, but I'll be back in January with some awesome episodes for you. Okay, lots of love. Bye.